reason the whole world love it. Now I gotta crush it. Vallejo fishes. Then you should be disgusted. How dare you sell a square fish asking us to trust it? A half slice of cheese, Mickey D's on a budget? Arby's crispy fish is simply it. With lines round the corner, we might need a guest list. Eggs is stage left, the sandwiches taste fresh. A little cube of fish from a clown is basic. Too much. <laughs> what? Filet <laughs> of fish is shit. Yeah, you should be disgusted. So we're, this, we're doing diss tracks for franchise. Of course we are. Yes, if it means that we need to, if it means that we need to, yes, exactly we are. I There's mean, a lot of unfinished business between Pusha T and clearly. McDonald's, and we're gonna get into that and so much more on this episode yes. of Cold Pop. Let's do it. A very special episode <laughs> of Cold Pop. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Hey everybody, we are back with we another episode. Back. It's me, Tritton Rashad. Excuse me, and I'm Marcus oh, Drew Steele. I'm trying to uh, wet my whistle before we get started. Come on. <laughs> and you are listening to Cold Pop. Right, I'm just Okay, I'm like, I'm expecting fine. you to like, take it fine, all in. sweetie. Um, Keep going. What's up everybody? Hey everyone, we are back with a new episode. Uh, lots to talk about this week. <sighs> It's like every week, it's always something else. It's all, it's another bar, another bar, another club. Yeah, it's I always try to something. make sure that I'm like, now I have to kind of keep tabs on things that I want to talk about during the week. Yeah. Um, it's just, as it so warms much. up, I feel like there's more and more happening. Lots of great TV on. And yes. so, uh, what did you watch this week? So, this week, I actually finished Pam and Tommy. Nice. And we are going, it is going to be one of the spotlights. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm talking about it today. In oh, the are you? I am oh, talking my God. About oh, it in the spotlight. What, ha wait. Have oh, you you're so surprised. Um, so, I have not finished the season. I am more than halfway through. Okay. Um, well, I, mean, I know the story. Yeah, I know mean, the I story. know the story, yeah. but I am excited no to spotlight it. Um, today, I literally um, just I try, looked at well. The I try to do shows that we've both watched. I've right. now I have cleared out quite a few you shows, sure have. and you are starting to gain some momentum. And so I'm glad that you finished Pam and Tommy. Yeah, what and will you be watching next? Severance, because you okay, won't be off excited. My back about Severance, it. <laughs> The Gilded Age. I mean, there's so, so many things that are happening. Um, I don't but, think I'll be watching so, The Gilded Age. Okay, but uh, Pam and Tommy, you watched. All right, what yes. else? Uh, oh, and then I think that this past week's episode of Abbott Elementary has, is probably my favorite. I think this okay. is the best episode that they've had. Okay, you really the, enjoyed the, the, the um, open house. Open house. I just There were so many, like, identifiable story arcs that were planned. Okay. And that like it can go several different ways. That like you know you you didn't get that from the first. I felt like every episode kind of stood on its own. But now this feels like the connector episode that other episodes will be will call back to. It's really interesting you say that you know you, you felt super connected to that episode because this episode was actually one that was taken from Quinta's own personal yeah. experience. Yeah. Um, this is she attended the open house that her mother was putting yeah. on for her school. And it was at that time when she was hanging out with her mom and she saw like some of the characters that her mom was working with mm -hmm. and all of that stuff that she actually decided like, this is what I want to do a show about. Um, and her mom like being super patient with a, with a parent that came in super late. Yeah. 
Um, and so it's kind of really cool to see art imitating life. And um, that's where the best stuff comes yeah, from. Yeah, definitely. So, I loved it, but that's the main things I've been watching. What have you been watching? Cool. I mean, I am, you know, I'm TV crazy. And so um, lots of season finales happened for me. Uh, so Gilded Age was okay. this week, as well oh. as Suspicion. Um, now, well, who was in Suspicion again? Suspicion I know is a UK-based actual right. show, um, and it has a lot of UK actors. One that I am particular, I can't, I, I'm not uh, calling her name. Uma Thurman is in this, uh-huh. um, in uh, Suspicion. She plays the mom whose son is... Um, abducted and she um there are there's another actress in here and i'm blanking on her name i'll have to get it for you after this but she is in hang the dj episode Mm -hmm. of black Black mirror Mirror. yeah and she has a big role in this and she is amazing um but it was so i finished that that was the season finale i was very disappointed with it seemed like that they forgot that they had to do a finale and was like, let's <laughs> quick wrap this up together. in 30 <laughs> minutes or less. Like it was, it was pretty horrible. And, and a lot of people on Twitter felt the same, uh, but watch that Bel Air this week was really good. I haven't watched Bel Air. Oh yet. my gosh. Bel Air this week was really As good. Was Lots recorded. of great things happening with that. And of course, Atlanta is back on FX. And oh, so yeah. I started Atlanta, um, spe- two hour episode premiere. So it was actually two episodes that you get to see, um, and it just does not disappoint. It's really good. Uh, the first episode was super Atlanta poignant. And so it actually, once again, this is kind of like art imitating life. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, it was it, the first episode was definitely more somber because it's based on a situation in which actually happened um, with uh, this, this young man. Uh, his name is Devontae Harris. It's actually based on his story. Mm-hmm. Um, who was a child that was placed in the foster care system and got placed in a really bad home. Um, and there's a tragedy that happens. And I don't want to give it away, say, yeah, but it's really episode, good. So, yeah. I mean, well, it's it's pretty much, it's a well-known story out there already, mm-hmm. but this Atlanta does a version of that um, that's really interesting. And then uh, the second hour of it was dedicated to uh, Paperboy, Earn, and the whole gang in Amsterdam, uh, which it's is from the commercial. Very okay. funny, and okay. you know, once again, uh, textbook Atlanta. Mm-hmm. What you can come to expect from that show, and so glad to see that back. It's been almost four years since we've had um, episodes from them, and so what season are they on? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure what season it is, is season but three? I'm really excited yeah. that they are finally back huh. on my screen. So okay. Well, so, shout yeah. out to them. Uh, is that it? Well, that's it for me. Um, we definitely need to move on to our Just most beloved segment of the show. Um, <laughs> entitled Woochow. Uh, this is the part of the show uh, where Marcus and I get to go over the top pop culture moments of the week. Things that made us say Woochow. All right, Marcus, um, I'll let you go first. Well, let's just start with... The Supreme Court hearing. <laughs> yeah. The confirmation hearings um, with Kataji Brown Jackson, KBJ, as some people are calling her. Okay. And just some of the remarks and the questions and the faces. What are your thoughts? Like, what did you think about this? I don't like KBJ. That's my first thought because it makes me think of you don't LBJ. Like, you don't like her as a person? I don't like the acronym. Okay. 
I don't like the name acronym KBJ. It makes me think of L LBJ. Um, and I uh, thought, huh? I mean, for me, sometimes Congress and politics is definitely more of a circus than what you would get on HBO, it really Showtime, is. or any of that. It's just it crazy really to me that these people are being paid um, and have you know full-on jobs to represent states and come up here with some of the craziest off-the-wall things. And it's like, you are not only representing yourself, like... <laughs> Please conduct yourself to have some uh, some stream of intelligence, decorum, and dignity. She didn't and, 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 and base yourself, you know, and come correct to this. You know what I'm saying? Everyone wants to take this serious. And, like, of course, you know, Katanji is taking this very seriously. Right. And she's there and she's present. Right. But, like, you need to be doing the same. And, like, the, some of the lines of questioning, that was, like, it was comical at some point of how crazy people were. Theory. You know, they were, you know. Um, um, sentencing, you know, the Ted Cruz racist baby thing was yeah. just like once again, like you sound silly, and you are representing people. Um, <laughs> you are representing a state. What's like, the other, the, the other, calm down. The other woman, Senator Marsha Blackburn, who's like define a woman, woman, and she's yeah. like, ma'am, that's not why I'm here. <laughs> she was super. That's nothing I mean, to do with what was, I'm here for. <laughs> Katanji Brown Jackson was super well composed and like definitely. I mean, left no crumbs. No, um, no. Her you know, facial expression over those days, left all, left though. no crumbs. Like she ate every question and was and, and got them got people together in the most respectful way. Right. You know, just reminding people what she was. She was like, you know, that's not my job. That's actually, you know, uh, this is this is Congress's job to do this you know this certain things. Job. Yeah. And so, so it was, you, you know, me. I thought that she handled herself really well mm -hmm. and. Um, the only thing, and I go back, I go back and forth with this, and I don't know, what do you think? How did you feel about Cory Booker's monologue? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I didn't really care. <laughs> I was like, okay, this yeah, is great, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think this is for me. I don't think this is something that. It may be a slightly performative. It, I, I got, that's the those were the vibes that I was getting. Yeah. I want to give him the benefit of the but doubt. Yeah, yeah by all but means. I know that Corey is uh, a. I mean, his he's cousin. He's cousins with RuPaul, Sick. so he knows how to make a moment. He knows how to make a statement and own it. And I think that that I don't know if that was like a him taking this opportunity to do that or. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I, I mean, but good what I appreciate was that amongst all of the craziness, there was some people positively right. pouring into her. Right. Yeah, well, and, and, and another yeah. and another congress uh, congressman um, both shared like you know really positive sentiments towards her and that how she was doing such a great job. And so um, it was super helpful to have that. I don't know if it needed to go to the levels. Uh, that the monologue went to. Yeah, that I mean, was a little much for me. It was definitely, so. it gave me um, actor showcase. <laughs> Screen actors killed showcase. Definitely. Uh, which, uh, so. Okay, what do you have first? Well, the first thing I want to do oh is let's head over to Conservatorship Corner. Woo! This week on Another. Conservatorship Corner, we have Miss Amanda Bynes, yes. whose conservatorship was ended almost after being under a nine-year conservatorship. Yeah, almost um, as long as Britney. Like, 
yes, almost as long as Britney, a little bit younger than yeah. Britney. No yeah. shade, no tea, no shade, no pink lemonade. But um, Amanda is 35. Uh, and and so with this, and you kind of, you, you think about, you know, at the times of where she was placed, it is a very different situation from Britney Spears in terms right. of the levels and the um, environment in which this conservatorship was happening. Right. So Amanda Bynes, um, this was a, I guess this is kind of like a prime example of what a positive conservatorship looks right. like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so there yeah. were like oh, checks no points. So for those who don't yeah. know, um, Amanda Bynes was placed under conservatorship um, and this was at, she was 27 at the time. She had like and a then she had, had, she had, had she had tweeted like several meltdown. troubling things and you know, she was starting to make some public appearances and saying things Erratic on camera. Um, that was she like hollering at Drake at one point? She, she did make a comment yeah. on Twitter to Drake, but okay. Like <laughs> we're, we're leaving those things in the bit. past. <laughs> we're leaving those things in the past. But at that time, she was placed on a conservatorship, mm -hmm. um, and both of her parents were listed mm -hmm. as her conservators. And so they had worked together, and there were like certain checkpoints that they had with the lawyer, with the parents, and with Amanda to kind of help move her out of this conservatorship. Part of that was like a group living situation, yeah. and you know, she's she's Amanda has done the work, and yeah. so. Um, almost a little bit, you know, eight and some change, eight years and some change. She is being um, released of this conservatorship by the hands of her parents and the lawyer um, and is now working on leading a more quiet private life. I think that this is great. Uh, yeah. Um, if there is a situation in which, you know, someone has to be placed under conservatorship, this is how it should go. There should be a plan and there should be something set in motion of these are the check marks and these are the things that you'll have to hit in order to be released under that. And Amanda has been in conversation and she's been in communication and knowing what's going on in order and what she has to do in order to get there. So now did she say anything about like returning to acting or does she want to just stay out of the public? So one, uh, so a lawyer said that he would not rule out acting, but as of right now, it's not the main focus, main right. priority. Right. She is focused on, living independently making a, making a life for herself yeah she uh there is an interest in fashion and a fragrance line okay. which could yeah. come out um you know hey but um i mean there are plenty we won't say we do. won't say yeah. that you know acting won't happen but it's definitely not the priority for her right now Got it. um i think it's great to, to kind of see this happening and it's just a very stark contrast to what we know about conservatorships and right. so i think it's super helpful for us to have both of these sites of this yeah. Britney example and this Amanda Bynes example to kind of see exactly how it's supposed to work and what it's supposed to look like versus what it actually can become and how it can be a prison for someone, i.e. Britney Spears. Well, do you think, do you ever think about what if Britney had had Amanda's experience in her conservatorship? It could have been completely different. Um, I think Britney's life was complicated with a couple of things, yeah. you know, children always, that that's an extra added piece mm -hmm. to it. Um, no shade to Amanda Bynes. She was a super big star, but it probably wasn't at the level that Britney no, Spears was I mean, either. And so no. that's also something that's like in the back of my mind. But you kind of have to you have to make sure that you are remembering that Amanda, for for all intents and purposes, was that girl yeah. for a moment. Yeah, she was the girl. She had Nickelodeon. I mean, she's the man. Like all that. She was doing Amanda her Bynes thing. Show and 
She was she, doing her thing. I think she had like another show in the works too before she had like the meltdown. So, so. Um, she, I, I, like I said, I think you know for us it's really great to see Good for her. someone else come out of this, and maybe this is something that we might need to look at for some other people. Like who? Well, you for one. I definitely <laughs> was thinking about putting you in a conservatorship. <laughs> all <laughs> I all say, this fast living money? that you've been doing. What fast living? Yeah. Don't make me tell your business. Girl, stay out of my pockets and anyway, worry about your own. Uh, so that's my <laughs> Wu Chow. What, uh, <laughs> what else do you have? Okay. So <laughs> let's talk about it. We're going we're gonna, we to we come on down Gay Lane. <laughs> Wait, which one, what are we talking we're gonna about? Talk, we're going to come on down Gay Lane a little bit and don't talk say about... Gay. Uh, no, we're not going to do that one yet. Oh, okay. But we're going to talk... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, don't say gay. Wait, hold on. Yeah, Disney, we're trying to get with Disney. Don't say gay to Pastor Dwayne Dawkins either. Oh, no. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> because allegedly that's... Don't say gay. I was in the million dollar meetings. <laughs> he was cheating. All, all up, up in the, the church. He, he was sneaking, sneaking with, with the, the deacon. deacon. Cats away will oh, play. Oh gosh, I don't want to talk. Do we need to talk about that? Now that was last week. Nice problematic day. black gays. We talked about this last week on Spill. So I don't. So again, and I don't now. know who this man is either. I don't but, know who he is, but I definitely saw the tape. So uh, this is from a news. <laughs> Definitely. I know the who he tapes. is now. <laughs> you got to be plural. I, I know who he is the now. Tapes. And if you there don't, honey, multiple. head over to Twitter. <laughs> and they'll let you know. And they'll let you know who Pastor Dwayne so, Dawkins apparently, is. Apparently, this is from News Nation USA. I don't know if this is a credible report. Like, nobody else has really reported on this. Okay. But it just says uh, Florida Pastor Dwayne Dawkins goes viral um, over some gay sex videos, basically, of him yeah. and a young man. Um, uh, consensually um, participating in sexual activities on multiple uh, for uh, an extended period of time. Marcus just say having sex. <laughs> they on they made a sex video, but uh, him uh, and Tommy style. Now on this though, the church members are saying that it's fake. That it's no, not it's him, not fake, and that they don't even look like him. Oh, they don't think it's him. They don't think it's him in the video. So gosh, you know we can. The, our faith, um, <laughs> we, uh, our people, we are a faithful people, and sometimes Honey, we have we we go, blind we will be blinded by, blinded faith, by faith, and we will walk by faith not and by not by sight. sight. <laughs> and by if faith. they seen the sights that I saw, <laughs> and you know, Pastor Dawkins has children and a wife. Yeah, I mean, it's very much a similar situation. It was interesting that this was in Florida because it took me all the way back to Andrew Gillum. Well, so let me first say that this pastor dawkins is a legend like there is no confirmation of this there are videos out there that you can go and look so at it's yourself. not him oh so it's made up no, <laughs> the video i saw is made up i'm not saying so what I'm yeah explain it because you sent me the clip no i did but i'm not saying that i'm saying you have to go watch the video yourself i have seen the video and i've came to the conclusion <laughs> That you think I believe that this is Pastor Dwayne Dawkins. Now, and I don't know this I'm pastor, not, but not, that's him. I'm not not gonna say it's him. But they they do bear a very strikingly similar resemblance to each other. 
So you want to giggle and sniggle. Listen, <laughs> I, I mean, at the end of the day, this is a they um, look exactly like this is a situation twins. that is not different from what we've seen with other pastors coming to the fold. We saw this with now, Paul Morton. You, yeah, you we saw this with Andrew other people. We had, I mean, there was he a confirmed that that happened. And I, you know what? I, I think the best route for Dwayne is to probably try not to like deny it and say it's not me and just kind of move forward because at this point I don't think he if said they, anything yet. Yeah, like you need to go ahead and come out with a statement like because you you don't you want to get ahead of this. You don't want anybody else to spray you with your own tea. In the words the of my uh, what's out. her name? Funky Dineva. Don't let anybody spray you with your own tea. That's one thing my big sister always said. And <laughs> the true. thing is like you want to make sure like you want to control the narrative don't let anybody else control your story so i think the best thing for him to do is probably you need to go ahead and come out with a statement you and your wife whatever y'all want to say get it together write it out and i've not seen a statement yet either so and you know go ahead and do it because what you don't As want is you don't recording. want little mama that was in the video with you uh um, so this brings my next question why are we videotaping this if you have a whole family wife included why are we videotaping these so that there's proof well what's wrong with videotaping i don't think anything's wrong with it but i mean like so how did these get out um what i'm probably guessing is that probably little mom in a video released it and probably shared it with somebody so if if that was going to blow your whole life up like that why would you want to risk it by videotaping it i think sometimes for people you what's that saying you know i always get the sayings fucked up on this show but i think at that time maybe his eyes were bigger than his stomach you know what he oh, got it right what yeah. he wanted and what he saw what he wanted at the time just it it eclipsed what you know that mind once you once you get that uh <laughs> once you get that going. um what's the word i'm looking for once you get that d on the brain once you get that booty on the brain you know ain't nothing but death can keep you from it and like you know what i'm saying once that blood fills up honey it's going it's, down it's, it, i mean what can you do and so yeah you probably will agree to stuff and do things because you're not in your right mind and Mm. I think, you know, if this a mistake was made, okay, hey, a mistake was made. I'm not condemning for it. I'm just saying I'm not, you need to get it. He much. needs to get ahead of yeah, it. Yeah, I've been saying there definitely needs to be a statement. Yeah, somebody needs to come talk. You need woo to get ahead chow. of it. And um, yeah, woo. definitely a woo chow. Okay, what else you got? Well, <laughs> I have to talk about this push the tea thing because uh. this really blessed my spirit this ba, week. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> so push a tea. Um, has released Spicy Fish, which is a McDonald's disc record. Um, and he, I mean, when I say he released it, it's more like Arby's, Arby's. released it with him, <laughs> um, in which Pusha T is hitting hard and coming back at McDonald's uh, fish sandwich and promoting Arby's brand new fish sandwich. Uh, let me intro. stop because we're not getting any uh, sponsorship. No, we're not. <laughs> but <laughs> what I will say is... Uh, Earlier this week, Pusha T released Spicy Fish. And some of these lyrics, y'all, I mean, he kind of goes there. He has, uh, and I recited some of them early on, but filet of fish is shit. You should be disgusted. How dare you sell a square fish asking us to trust it? Half a slice of cheese, Mickey D's on the budget? Mm. I kind of got the cadence wrong, I think. I but the man. lyrics yeah. are there. The poetry is there. Now, <laughs> For anyone who might not know, um, 
Pusha T and McDonald's go way back. Give I mean, way, 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 way What's back. the history? All right. So, I mean, the first thing, and what a lot of people don't know, is that Pusha T is actually the pin behind, ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it. So, I mean, think about that yeah. jingle and how long McDonald's has been running that jingle. I mean, four Timberlake. years. Justin Timberlake yeah. has sang it. Beyonce. I mean, they've had a lot of people sing it, the jingle throughout the years. But I mean, they were in the actual Pusha T and his brother actually wrote it. And <laughs> Pusha T recently talked about this in a uh, article with Rolling Stone was that he felt like he kind of got did dirty by McDonald's. McDonald's paid him and his brother a, did a one time payout for that jingle. Mm. And it was just a million dollars that they had to split. So he got half a million. His brother got half a meal at that time. You know, Pusha T was in his early 20s, really didn't know a lot about the music business and how exactly it was going to be, you know, how, how the jingle would even do. Right. But once the jingle started to do well and they've continued to run it, continued to run it, McDonald's has never mentioned kind of coming back, renegotiating anything or doing any residual payouts like, from how long they've ran yeah, it. That's how and they so got you. I think Pusha T and, you know, Pusha T's kind of talked about it. He was like, you know. Hey, it's not, you know, it's my fault for signing it and agreeing to it. I didn't know I didn't know a lot of it, but yeah. now that I have the opportunity to do this with Arby's, Arby's is going to give him a percentage, an actual percentage of this commercial and what it goes on to do in the future. Mm -hmm. Um so it will be he will get, you know, residual royalty payouts from this. And so uh, I think you have to kind of keep that in mind and I'm pushing I'm glad Pusha T's finally getting his revenge back. On this big ass corporation that did him wrong. Is is this revenge? Or I think so. Is this just a, maybe a bad oh, I'm gonna team. Be, I am going to be blasting this in my car. So and it's gonna oh, be and, my ringtone. And this, I mean, this is I'm not dissing the track or anything because it's fine. I mean, it's it's a French. It's for a commercial. But I guess my question is, is that like when he did this, when he and his brother did this jingle for them. Did they like they had a manager and stuff though, didn't they, or were they just them by themselves? I'm not sure exactly what the management situation was for them back then. Mm -hmm. um, me thinking early 20s, probably not. But mm -hmm. you know what I will say is, regardless of whatever the whatever the situation is, whatever the deal was, mm -hmm. um, the due diligence to come. When you think about how long McDonald's and, and what they've been able to do off, bada ba ba ba, I'm right. loving it. I mean, that comes. Think, I mean, you really forever. think about it, yeah. like. At some point, they could have went back and said, you know, hey, this right. has done super well for us. Let us give you another opportunity or yeah. let us make this right they for you. They took that and ran. And they <laughs> took that and, and laughed all the way to the <laughs> bank. Laughed to the bank. And I'm glad Pusha T's getting the last laugh. So go ahead, Pusha T. And I'm going to be uh, doing, I'm going to be playing Spicy Fish uh, all, all, all summer long. <laughs> Song of the summer. Ooh, child. Yes. Um, okay, my only last one I had is the Don't Say Gay Bill. Florida is tripping and Disney is now involved. Not in a good way, honey. Yeah. Um, Disney is being called out because apparently they have donated tons of money to um, a lot of the representatives and stuff who constructed this bill. Um, and obviously Disney has all of these... LG, I guess LGBTQ yeah, things and definitely. all these LGBTQ employees. Can we talk a little bit about this don't say gay bill for those who don't understand it? Yeah, hold on. I've got it right here. Which I feel like, I mean, it's more so just talking about, you know, the discussion of gender and sexuality in schools. Um, so very similar to what, you know, was kind of being preached about not having critical race theory in schools, not talking about gender and sexuality differences in schools either. 
Yeah, and then where Disney comes in is again is because they were supporting a lot of the legislators who were writing that, and now a lot of the Disney employees, uh, especially of the queer community, uh, did a walkout this past week. Yeah, um, in protest and trying to hold Disney's feet to the fire. What do you think about this? I think um, <laughs> I think Disney's going to have to realize they can't have their cake and eat it too. Right. They've done nods to LGBT throughout the years and have tried to kind of act as an ally I mean, and they be have an ally, especially when it's super. You know they'll you know they'll do a whole Disney Pride and you know they'll they'll try to do this, these things when it's convenient and it's advantageous for them. But this is going to be an opportunity for them to really put their money where their mouth is and to walk back some of the hurt and some of the things that they've done to the LGBT community. I feel like Disney is going to have to, in a similar vein as Netflix and some other large (laughs) corporations, they're going to have to answer to someone and what that looks like for them, I don't know. It's going to have to be their audience. I mean, like the people who are like, uh, there's a lot of people who are upset about this. And I mean, and, and rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, even celebrities have also kind of like joined it on this. Like Raven Simone, like they walked out of her show. I saw, I saw protested. her clip. And then Kerry Washington, Josh Gad, Gabrielle Union, Oscar Isaac, you know, have all spoken out against Yeah, no, them. I think that Disney's going to have to figure out a way to so remedy. To do um, something, and yeah. so we'll see exactly what comes down the pipeline in the next couple of weeks. But, um, Definitely a woo child. Woo child. All right, you got anything left? No, that's it for me. Um, I want us to take a quick break, but before we take a quick break, what show are you spotlighting this week? Do, 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 do. And just like that. Okay, five. see, I, I wasn't, I, was, I got lost because I see you did the Sex in the City thing. Okay, got it. All right, I'm all right, and then I'm going to be actually doing Pam and Tommy this week. Ooh. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about the show, and I am um, too. Definitely want to get into it. So okay, let's, let's do that when we come back. We are back, and it is time for our show spotlights Ooh. of the week. Uh, this is the part of the show where Marcus and I get to talk and focus on one show this week that We're you know loving. we really like, and uh, maybe take a deeper like? dive into it. You know, I think I may actually want to do a couple of spotlights so. of shows that I really dislike. Well, I was, you know, because Suspicion, I was going to do my spotlight this week on Suspicion, but the season finale, you hate it. I walked <laughs> them right it. out of it. Talk no, it. I said absolutely <laughs> not. I said, I said talk you just, I said you just lost yourself the Cold Pop Show spotlight. I Congratulations, hope you, know you played. I yourself. tweeted that. Yeah, congratulations, you played yourself. Suspicion. Okay, um, what you, go ahead. But no, this week I want to talk about Pam and Tommy. Okay. Pam and Tommy, so uh, created by Robert Siegel, directed by Craig Gillespie. You might know Craig There's Gillespie, who directed, um, he directed I, Tanya. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he's, one of the, he's one of the main directors to come from this and do this. And Robert Siegel, you may know from The Wrestler or The Founder. Um, those are the shows that he's worked on prior to this. But they have teamed up to take on the infamous 96 tape scandal chronicled in this eight episode limited series on Hulu. Uh, Lily James uh, plays Pamela Anderson and Sebastian Stan is Tommy Lee. Uh, Seth Rogen is also in this. He plays Rand Gauthier and it is honey. I think 
what was the word I was using last week? Delightfully camp or yeah, high camp or camp. something like that. It's definitely camp. I have fallen in love with the show and it's the done show's amazing. And, it's, and it's done really well. There's a couple of things I want to talk about this, but first let's talk about what we knew kind of coming in. What tr Marcus, Trent, Marcus, Trent, what was your experience with the show kind of coming in? What was your knowledge base? Did you, had, did you know about the Pam and Tommy story? Had you seen the tape? Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about this. No, um, I mean pop culture. It's, I, yeah, I knew all about this. So when did you see in. the tape? How old were you when you watched Gosh. the tape? Don't lie. I don't know. I'm trying to remember what. what how old were we? So this then? happened 95, 96. So we were literally. Eight, I was. Nine, I was. I was. I was uh, six years old. Six. Six to seven years old. Yeah. Probably eight. Yeah, I was probably eight or nine. Because you are. You are older than me. Yeah, by a year. Just a few years. <laughs> Just a few, bitch. Well, we won't go there. No, we won't. <laughs> we can. <laughs> but we won't. We can. <laughs> we can. Well, I know you are older uh, than my oldest brother, so. A girl. <laughs> the, the door. <laughs> um, no, I was like eight or nine, but yeah, I remember... I, I remember this so vividly and like following this whole thing and I remember the penthouse. You do not suit. remember following this I whole do, thing at I really seven years do. old. I was I was not said I could have swear okay, or I'm about to do some math. When did you say this happened? This was ninety five, ninety six. Marcus, you were eight. Yeah, I was like six. Yeah. No, so I okay, go ahead, finish. Yeah. I hey. you covered this top to bottom. And I'm not saying I covered this top to bottom. I'm saying that I remember this happening and like yeah. it was great to like it was great to see the gaps filled in that I had because there were some gaps. Okay. I didn't know much about their tumultuous relationship, mm -hmm. but I remember the milestones like the tape being released and then um Penthouse running the pictures uh of Pam in there and then the the official DVD being sold. I remember those three milestones very. A vividly. DVD from the Im Image Entertainment. So okay, well you. Okay, I mean you know the story. I, yeah. Am I spoiling this for you? I guess no, if I say ahead. this. So in the in the series, um, the when when Rand is talking with the the very very short guy who runs the cybersex have you gotten that far no i haven't got that far damn yet. okay well, you just go what episode are you on i'm on episode five okay so maybe that was episode six so six seven and eight are like really good okay um uh one through four uh one yeah, through five was good yeah, as well for me because what yeah one through five was great but i just to say that to say that i i remember those so you remember down. the dvd coming out when it yeah, did i remember the dvd okay. being like well available. i had a very i had a very different situation okay. i did not necessarily know about the pam and tommy stuff when it was going on when i was probably about 14 15 i saw the actual tape of pam and tommy mm -hmm. Um, and I had a little bit of an idea of who Pamela Anderson was just from like Playboy and right. like, you know, stuff that I'd seen her they with. Um, and at that time, when I kind of started to think about who Pamela Anderson was and knew who she was, she was at that time, I think, connected to Kid Rock. Uh, so not Tommy Lee. And I had no, I, I mean, I really had no recollection yeah. of any of the scandal of any of this that happened before. Um, and so I didn't have much knowledge about this. I knew that there was a sex tape out. And under my knowledge, they were the ones that had like put it out. I thought that it was them uh. that had like put this sex tape out and it got out and it was, you know, this whole thing. And so when I came to this show, 
I had a lot of relearning to do of actually how this situation happened yeah, and how it went of... because the reality of it was is that this was stolen from their home I knew um, as a revenge tactic yeah. by yeah. So, you know a carpenter who felt like they got done wrong. Got so jilted. Seth Rogen plays a carpenter in this show and he's working on Tommy Lee's new home. Um, at the time that he's working on this new home with Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee meets Pam Anderson, and within four days, they are married to each other. And so he's bringing his new bride to this home, and uh, there's lots of changes that now need to happen. And so Tommy Lee and this carpenter, who's played by Seth Rogen, they get into this really um, heated debate and actually end up parting ways. Tommy Lee does not pay he the man. Him. <laughs> he him. He does not. They part ways. They uh, He does not uh, pay him. And he also takes his tools. tools. Uh, and so Rand decides to get revenge on his, you know, on Tommy Lee and goes and steals a safe. Well, within this safe, they actually find the this sex tape and start a plan to release it. Uh, so at, it follows all of that. And it's very, it's a very, very interesting uh, commentary on a couple of things. And some of those things we're gonna actually going to talk about a little bit later. I first want to get to the actual transformation. What are your opinions of the transformation, primarily of Pam and Tommy Lee? Phenomenal. For me, that was the most impressive part about this. Phenomenal. And I think for me, that was the hook. And for me, like that was it was the buy-in. Because if I'm being completely honest, episode one, I wasn't really bought in. I think the writers do no, a very. I, I think was pretty bought in. I think they do a really interesting job. The writers did a really interesting job with this first episode, which is the pilot of. We really kind of see Pam and Tommy from a. It's from an spectator. outside. It's from a spectator view. Rain. Yeah, it's yeah. like you don't really get to see who they are in that very yeah, first episode, episode. Two, yeah. and so it's in episode two that you actually start to get into their minds a little bit and see how they interact and how they met. And I thought that that was a really interesting device because. Um, I was I was nervous of how they were going to portray these two, but I thought the transformations were great. I think that they uh, they convinced me so well that they were Pam and Tommy from the mannerisms to the look. Yeah, to, um, I the was makeup is I mean the makeup is top notch. If you see Lily James and who she is actually, and you might know Lily James from um, she was in the first live action um remake of disney cinderella mm -hmm. so not the one with um mm -hmm. oh girl but she was in the first one Lily James, she, she played yeah. she played uh cinderella and it was just wild to kind of see her as pam and she looked to me so much like pam anderson i was listening to a podcast earlier today and they said that they had individual prosthetics for like for everything and her eyebrows yeah she had fake teeth. She had, you know, she had to bleach her eyebrows. Um, and, you know, there would be several prosthetics that she would have to wear, depending on if it was, you know, a sex scene or if she was on Baywatch that yeah. day. Or, um, But what was also interesting with Sebastian Stan, they oh had to gosh. do these, like, the tattoos. And, and he had to, like, shave, like, every... He had to, like, shave his body every three days. And so yeah. just such a huge physical commitment on both of them um, that I thought was really remarkable. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to move on to these themes really quickly. Okay. The first one I want to talk about is I think that this is a full commentary on celebrity privacy and basically Absolutely. of the origins of the celebrity like the sex tape <laughs> and and how we are goes how, how we have been conditioned yeah. to view celebrities almost as not not real or as 
um, like untouchables. Zoo. Yeah. yeah um, and so with for me, the, a lot of what was a lot of what kind of goes down in maybe episodes two to three, you'll see. Rand talks about how wrong this is before he so the guy who releases the tape he talks about how wrong this he's like this is private stuff he was like i shouldn't be watching this stuff those are actually like words of dialogue that he says you gotta keep watching and so you know like <laughs> yeah he, you know she doesn't he's like this is stuff that we shouldn't be seeing and i think a lot of um a lot of what people do today as as far as like celebrity sex tapes and how we go about it have a very similar thought process. I thought it was a very, it's almost crazy to see how, how early this was in the 90s, but to see how not really much has changed when it comes to celebrity privacy and how we view them um, and want access to all of that. Yeah, I, if you, you, when you keep watching, there's a hook in there because I think the main theme of this whole entire series has been, yes, yes, I am coming to get revenge on Tommy but nobody is thinking about Pam. <laughs> nobody is thinking about how this will affect. He Pam. definitely did not take no, into what, account of how is, this would no of how not this would Tommy. even affect them. Not even Tommy. Nobody really fully understood just how worse it was for. Oh, we're gonna get there, baby. Oh, we do wanna, you have that? On yeah, there? I want to talk about that, that. It was so mind blowing, and the whole time I'm like, we're, def we're definitely we're gonna, gonna get there. But what do you think in life. terms of the of? Do you feel like much has changed in terms of celebrity privacy, or has it gotten much worse? I mean, it's pretty much non-existent. I mean, with social media and Twitter and celebrities, they, they're able to control what level of privacy that they want now. I mean, social media has changed the game on everything, and it's so much more accessible. But they're still getting right hacked. There. They're still getting... I mean, yeah, sure. But again, like, they're... How much do we it know about It surprises me that how much is not... It surprises me how, how much... How little it has changed. It's surprising me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like, think, to me, uh, there should be other safeguards in place and like being able to kind of look at this, look at this situation and be like, I definitely don't want that to happen. I don't think, there, I don't think there necessarily needs to be safeguards because again, now like celebrities get to control that themselves. Like Pam had no Sometimes they do. This. Sometimes they don't. So I, I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I mean, I'm not talking about, and let me be clear. I'm not talking about the fan, the celebrities who are putting everything on twi Twitter and only fans and yeah, everything. Which, I'm talking I mean, about those who may have like, private videos in their phone, things right. like that, that actually end up getting hacked by hackers and being oh, okay. shared out. And I okay. feel like, for me, it's so wild to see how much little has changed oh, in such in yeah. that respect. Yeah. Um, okay, the next thing I want to talk about is one, of, I would say probably the fourth largest character in this, in this entire series is the internet. There's Pam, Tommy, Ran, and then the fourth one is the internet. This really focuses on the emergence of the internet, kind of being like, like at the base level, just level. beginning, yeah. just starting out. And um, it's interesting how it's it. What to me, some of the most comical parts were them trying to explain the internet like, to each what other. What is the internet? He's like, it's a place where you can <laughs> post something and then go back to you it. You can reach like 20,000 people. He was like, that's like, gonna cost a fortune. He said, it's, it's free. free. <laughs> The internet is so, free. That makes no sense. Yeah, like, what? it was very um, interesting. So it's, it's really interesting. And then, like once the once the tape got out and released, Pam and Tommy didn't even know how to get access to yeah. it. They had to go to like the library, the library to get on it. The damn and so library. It's funny to kind of see this, you know, emergence of the internet and what we now know it as today. But when it was just starting out, of how much of a tool it was used to kind of propel this whole thing. Well, I don't I don't necessarily condone what Rand did 
at that point in I time, definitely that was don't. a very smart idea. I definitely to, like, don't condone what he did. The internet. No, yeah, for sure. To like utilize that, the internet was like no, yeah. like nobody ever thought of that. And like for he sure, used the, I said that was genius. Like what he did was shitty, but the idea. Yeah, it's like oh god. And I think Rand. One of the things that we, we don't go too much into the series about. They touch on it a little bit, but not so much. Is that Rand was a full out like porn star, multiple multiple oh, movies, do. and like you know. Well, I I mean I don't feel like they really go in depth about it. Um, at have least I haven't watched, seen. Maybe have they do in like episode si- with her, him, and Taylor Schilling where they. Yeah, I saw they that. Do all the flashbacks. Yeah, I felt like yeah. And if, is that the only one? Or do they do it later? I felt like they could have maybe went more in depth because I actually did some research on Rand. Uh-huh. And yeah, I think because of his relationship with porn, his past in porn, that 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 was also maybe some of what the vehicle was to kind of right. get this out and oh, what he could use as making money. And so of um <laughs> and what what I think is kind of sad about the situation was that once again, some of the things that you were alluding to earlier is that because he has this background in porn, I don't think he really thought about the implications that it would have for someone who, you know, who's not in that world, who's not in that life. And and when you get to, like, I think it's either this episode, I think it might be episode seven, him and Taylor Schilling's character, they have an argument about this exact conversation. And she's like, what? Because he confesses what he does yeah. to her. And she flips out and like has this entire conversation about we sign releases. It's consensual. Like, yeah. What you're doing is not consensual. Exactly. Like, she like, like she goes Exactly. Off and so, so okay. um, one of the other things that I thought that I want to talk about more so is the 90s misogyny and just yeah. like these implications of how it affected Tom, ver- Tommy versus uh, how it affected Pam. Did it affect Tommy? Um, <laughs> I think it definitely did affect Tommy and it did have some effects on him as we see the couple... It really was a, the first rock um, of kind of breaking down the marriage of uh, between Tommy Lee and Pamela yeah. Anderson. And I think, I mean, most of us are going to understand like this was this this was a huge blow to Pamela Anderson, it was. Um, who was building a it career was. and was trying to kind of at that time transition out of Baywatch and kind of focus her lane and. You know, they cover, they talk about barbed wire a lot, which I find funny uh, just because of what a a cult classic barbed wire is. I'm just saying, a cult classic um, now, yeah. But yeah, I think, (laughs) I think one of the things is just uh, this, this really was, this was tough for her. And one of the saddest scenes was to see uh, the effects it had on her body very early on in the pregnancy. That was Um, sad. And so that was a super sad scene to kind of watch. I think the show is doing a really great job. I didn't didn't know she had an abortion. That was surprising to me. Not an abortion, abortion, but she lost the child. Um, miscarriage. But what I thought the show was doing a really great job of is helping us empathize with both Pam and Tommy. Yeah. Um, Tommy, just because I mean, a very likable character. It, you know, yeah. I think you can, at surface level, you can look at them and see, you know, yeah. very cartoon, right. you know, Bombastic, big boobs, blonde, and, you know, rocker, rocker boyfriend, crazy, cat, and, piercing. you know, in, in the thong, and talking penis, and yeah. all of that stuff. But they also make us 
empathize with them and have they us. Really they bring us into these highly, super high camp comical moments, but then transition into these really, really deep scenes. And yeah. I think that that's a credit to the writing of um, of Robert Siegel. He's, and the he's, he's done a really, really great job. Um, they did that. The, the actors rocked it out. You know, I think, Lily and Sebastian. I think this is one time because they both talked about how scared they were to be these people, yeah. how scared they were to come on as Pam and Tommy Lee and what people were going to say. And I think that that fear may have helped fuel their performance and really I mean, push them to it. take it to the next level. Because, I mean, to be honest, it's you can't tell me I'm not looking at Pam and Tommy Lee when I'm watching the show. I think both of them and even I think both Lily and Sebastian deserve best actor Emmy nods. And Seth definitely deserves a supporting actor Emmy nod. We'll see what happens. Like I said, I they think all three deserve an I, Emmy I'm kind of nervous because I feel like it's going to be a while until we get Emmy noms, but um, I don't want this work to get overshadowed right. or lost by things that might be a... They did that good, though. I really The things it. might be a little bit more popular, but we'll see, we'll see what happens comes nomination time. Uh, what are your thoughts on the opinions of some people coming out there was recently a source close to Pam Anderson saying that, you know, they felt like the creation of this and um, of this series was a little insensitive to Pam um, and kind of making her relive this like very tragic time of her life. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Um, how do you feel? What is Pam said? So there hasn't been much from what uh, from her out like publicly, like as far as like not making a statement about it. But of course, a a, a source close to her has said that it's you know it's tough to she doesn't want to watch it. She doesn't want to relive any of that. She kind of like she's blocked a lot of that out of mm. her mind. Mm. I mean. Do I feel like I know Pam Anderson better than I did before after watching this? Yes. And do I like empathize with like everything that she's gone through? Yes. And for that reason, you have you can make the argument that I, I'm not I'm okay with the show airing. However, okay, child. Well, let me just say this now. Remember, this is a this is fiction, honey. This is not true. I know true. Th I know that. Okay, but I'm just saying because again, we're the type of people. I was Google schmoogling stuff throughout while I was watching each episode. I was like, I remember that event. Let me go do 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 that. Or when Barbed Wire came out, the premiere and stuff. And so, like, I know what actually. Yeah, you much older than me because I don't remember none of this shit. I remember what. Um, well, anyways, what I was saying, but then I also understand that like. If Pam is clearly traumatized by this, it is a little in poor taste, I guess. I, I I guess I was under the impression before I had started watching it that they had involvement in no, this, but they did not. Not at all. No involvement in it. And what was worse, to add insult to in injury. Industry. Industry. <laughs> Here we go. Um, they did not get any money from that dang old sex tape. They didn't pull any, they didn't make anything. <sighs> So when you said DVD, I got excited because I was like, oh, well, maybe there was a no. Yeah, it, it wasn't there was by no them. there was no they they got nothing. So there, there's a scene and I think it's an and episode. It was sad. Seven. It was very sad. I think it was in like episode seven or eight where they, they talk about like having to sell it to the guy and then he's trying to offer to buy it. But then Pam was like, oh, I'm not. You know nothing. I'm. I'm. This is priceless. Like I. I, I feel it. You would this never pussy be priceless, to, child. Ain't uh uh. They gave him the rights for free, and he was the one that was able to 
actual factual sell it and take all of the other ones down. You'll see when you watch it. Like, they kind of explain. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to finish it. I'm really, I'm loving what I've seen so far. Um, And, I I mean, I recommend it to anyone who is looking for something that is, you know, uh, a nod back to the 90s because so much of the music and stuff will take you back um, very easily. And the outfits and, you know, some of the fashion. I think that the team, in regards to makeup, wardrobe, hair are also going to get some nice nods Absolutely. and some recognition as Absolutely. well as because the transformation of Pam and Tommy um, for me is definitely a one up there with yeah. a lot of the uh, really successful biopics. So, yeah. So, yeah. Very, very nice. Cool. Uh, well, let's take a break. Okay. Because that was, yeah, it was a longer, we got another long one coming up because I got a lot I want to ask you okay. about. Um, so, yeah, so let's take a break and then I'll come back with my TV show spotlight. And we're back. All right. It's time for my TV spotlight. What do you have for us this week? And just like that, we are going to talk about the Sex in the City sequel. I don't know if we say sequel. I Re- think it's not a reboot or I guess it's, it's not a reboot. reboot. No, it's, what it's just reboot? a different series. Right. But then what do you call it? I don't know. And just like that. And just <laughs> right. Anyways. All right. So we're talking about and just like that, which I'm going to call a sequel to the Sex in the City series. But it is the distinction that these are two separate series. So before we even get some of the, the same characters, it's got yeah a lot of the same characters, but these are two separate series. And so you have to think of them as that. Um, first, overall thoughts. I know you weren't a huge. I didn't watch. Sex I didn't watch Sex fan. in the City show. I know the two yeah. movies, and I love the two movies. Um, I love one more than two. Uh, but what do you know about I think, the show? Like uh, the Sex I've seen. The City I've show. seen a couple of episodes of the show. So of of the episodes that you've seen of the show, formulate what you and set and just like that aside. But what would have been your opinion of Carrie, Miranda, Charlotte, and Samantha like? Would you do you think you would have liked them better then as opposed to in the end just like that? Or what do you think out out of the few episodes of Sex in the City that you watch? Um but I mean from Sex in the City watch and versus like just like that, I think I definitely like Sex in the City more. Mm-hmm. Um the girls are just younger. It's yeah, it's 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 more exciting for me. I felt like um there's been so much talk about bringing Sex in the City back. I mean, for years and years and years, this has been a conversation, and they wanted to figure out a way to do it, and I don't think we had, I don't think anyone ever thought it was going to happen because everyone had heard about the Kim Cattrall, Mike closer Sarah, to you too. Sarah Jessica Parker um, situation, and so I don't think a lot of people thought it was going to happen, but they decided to bring it back, but if you had to right. ask me what I thought about Sex in the City, I definitely prefer it over and just like that. Okay, I, so I was a I was a huge Sex in the City. I was I was I was a fan. I you know when I the first time I watched Sex in the City, it was with one of my mom's friends. We were over at her house, and she was into it. And um, how old were you? Eight. No, I think Seven. I was probably in middle school. I think it was probably yeah, in well, middle school. Let's, let's talk about programming. <laughs> and let's talk about programming in the still household. I think I was in middle school. Because and there's like, just a little too much going on up there. 
I watched that episode and I was like, very fast hmm. life. I know I wouldn't. I knew I wouldn't be able to like watch it on my own, but I kept it in the back. I was like, as soon as I'm able to go back and like watch this whole series, I'm gonna watch it. And I yeah. have multiple times, and so I know a lot about like these ladies, mm-hmm. and then it definitely is going to inform some of the opinions that I have as we continue to talk about this. So. First, let's go ahead and jump to and just like that now. It is the sequel to Sex in the City. It was on HBO Max. They just had their season finale a few weeks ago, maybe about a month ago or so now. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, but I mean, it begs, still begs to be talked about. What did you think of the show as a whole? What- I, I thought the show was fine. I thought the mm-hmm. show tried too hard in certain moments. I felt also that some of the... Uh, B cast or uh, supporting characters the beast. Were, uh, were unnecessary. Okay, okay, and we'll we'll get into them. So, we'll, so that's basically what I do. I want to do a quick character breakdown okay. and your thoughts. So of this season so far, what did you think of Carrie's story arc? She started the season with surprise, surprise, big dying, yeah. which surprised everyone. But she ended the season with a new love interest. So what do you think how her journey and her story arc, which I guess was a grieving widow and then stepping back out into the world of love was, I guess, her overarching story arc here. What are your thoughts? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Was it boring? I don't know if I liked it. I think that. And being a podcast, I I think they could have tried a little bit harder in the creation of the story arcs for all the girls. I okay. think I think the showrunners could have tried a little bit harder. Um, I think you know, Big Dime was definitely one way to take it. Um, I felt as though it made it hard to see just where the development was because there were so many time jumps and confusing time jumps at that. Uh, there was at one point one show kind of started with like it looked as she was finishing the book like a course of a year had happened oh yeah but then yeah, you kind yeah. of went back and was like well maybe it's not a year because oh, no, miranda like a year. but then if you so in that same episode miranda and che have an exchange that made it seem like oh it, a, a year hadn't passed uh because they had been not been in contact and so hmm. what kind of it was very confusing for me as a viewer to be like, okay, a year had passed, but then you guys are still in the same spot that you were a year ago of not talking and just reaching out to each other on Instagram and her not responding because you only Instagram once and she doesn't check her in, like IG. That it's could just be like, a plot well, like, It was like, yeah. well, wait, come on. So I felt like the showrunners could have tried a little bit harder when it came to the story arcs for Carrie, for, for all of the girls. Let me just we'll say just that. stick with Carrie for I now. because for all of the girls. girls. But Carrie in particular... Um, I, I liked the, I liked some of the nods that they did, um, to, to the Sex in the City series, like her going to Paris. I thought, I love that. Like that was cinematically, visually such a beautiful scene. Um, but to me it was, it was a little, it was a little lazy. Interesting. Okay. The good things I liked about Carrie's story arc is I like how they tried to portray the transition from a best-selling author to a podcaster to, by the end of the season now, she's a um, uh, Dear Abby. She's going to be sort of like a Dear Abby-esque type person. Podcaster. Which I think kind of fits. I think Dear th- Abby podcaster. Because that's what her column was based off of in the show. So she was a sex columnist that answered questions and stuff like that. Yeah. And so it's... It, it was a full circle moment. And I was like, oh, well, cool. She's just doing this on audio now. 
cool. That's cute. Is it a full circle moment if she just moved to audio? Well, that's where she started. It, again, if you she had started watched, out in radio, if you watch the original show, like Ooh, she was get a, me together. I'm sorry. <laughs> she was a newspaper columnist that had a column called Sex. So how's it so full circle if she's because on, it was, she, it was technically she started the same on radio thing. or she's. She was doing the same thing she's doing so now. So it's a 180. It's a full circle moment because she started as a newspaper and then she went to books and then she went on to do TV and print magazine. Like she had this whole arc Sound like back a, around to doing the To it on the newspaper. If you watch the original But not show, podcast. If you watch the original show, you would I'm just, I don't, okay. Anyway, full circle. Moving on. Um, what I didn't <laughs> like is that I think what all of the girls suffered from, and I'll get to each of them too. Trying too hard. We're trying yeah, too hard. I agree. This, um, I love Seema Patel. I'm glad they added Seema Patel to here, but it's trying too hard to have Carrie understand Seema's culture. Like, it would have been nice to just let Seema have her own storyline instead of having her be attached to Carrie all the time. Um, and that's going to be the critique that I give for a lot of some of these other girls um, who are supporting cast members. It would have been nice to just let them stand on their own and have their own storyline because a lot of them were interesting enough to do that and not force I agree. Miranda, Charlotte, and Carrie upon them. Um, what did you think of Charlotte's story arc? Do you, do, Once do you again, remember? I thought it was lazy. I, I, I mean... I'm trying to really remember what her story arc was. She had a so child that was queer. Yeah. She had a child that was Lily, queer. Who was she a was pianist. going through menopause she and she was trying to find that... some black friends. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that's not. Yeah. What's going on with you, mama? Like, this is your child. And I get that. That somehow affects you and, you know, in some way. And like, I mean, you have gay friends. You have. It's not this. Being queer is not new to you. Like that's not something that is going right. to be particularly I new mean, to you because uh, you've been, your best friend is his, gay. What, um, I forget his name in the and show. So not Stanford. I but. think that paired with like, okay, now I'm trying to find a black friend. I'm trying to have a black friend. Yeah, I really need one. Charlotte's um, story arc suffered the most. I'm going through menopause. I haven't got my period, but then I did get my period, and yeah. I was in white when I got it. So. <laughs> Her story arc suffered the most. It was so boring. I'm like, I disagree. Didn't I don't do think anything. her story arc suffered the most. Oh, well, okay. okay let me take that thing because I also disagree with that statement. My own statement. I think Charlotte's was the most boring storyline yeah. out of anyone's on the show because she didn't do anything. Yeah. Let's move on to who suffered the most. Miranda's, Miranda's storyline story definitely, definitely suffered, suffered the most. And I felt like the showrunners didn't even know what to do with they Miranda. Didn't. They didn't. So much so that they had to give her two supporting characters to kind of help move her along, <laughs> which was Nia Wallace, who was the professor, Doc, yeah, and then um, Che Diaz, who was her like new love interest. Sarah Marie, I just kind of felt like they, yeah. they had nowhere to, they had nowhere to take her. And just kind of started pulling things out of thin air. Like, yeah, like for me, and I don't know if there was maybe talked about in the series before, the alcohol came out of nowhere for me. Alcohol came out of nowhere for me too. I had never seen that. And then they that. didn't even really say anything about it. Like it just kind of came and the went. Water. She said, I'm going to just pour it out. I'm gonna, came now, and went. Now I'm getting too much because I didn't I, even remember. I think Charlotte addressed it once at the table. And I'm going to pour it out. And everybody was like, so what? She likes to drink a little bit. And then it, we never heard of it again. I mean, there were other little things about it. Like, they, to me, where it went off the rails, where it went off, because, they, you know, it was 
they started doing stuff a little bit like on the sly. Like when she brought wine to the recital. Right. No, I, I caught like, okay. it. I, 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 I was like, I peed. okay. Or the bottles in her backpack. That's where it went off the rails. <laughs> the little bottle. <laughs> When they opened up that backpack and it was full, I said, bottles. okay. I said, what? Now, we don't know. I said, so I said, what? Is she supposed to be alcoholic now? I'm I said, confused. okay, now this is going a little. I said the same thing. This is a little said, okay, this uh, is Pam much. and Tommy this is cartoon. Camp. Delightfully camp. Yeah, this is a little too much. And I just felt like they really didn't know where to take her. So, um, and for that, I think her story is really, it's really going to hurt um, now that it's, you know, in season two and so on. It's going to really hurt her. So this is, I, I have a lot to say about Miranda's storyline because in the original, and, and again, I know that these are two different shows, but if the same characters are there, they still have those same character traits. In the original show, Miranda had a whole gay storyline. She did. We with had the a whole gay thing on the and field. She started bringing and this she girl to the. Definitively yeah. closed the door and said, I'm "Like we've that already talked about me. this." She said, "This is that is not me. I'm so sorry." Now that's not to say that people can't change their minds if they get provided new information. Sure, but it just seems so unlike Miranda to now be um, queer. Because it was, yeah, she's got a family. We've and talked about her this. and Steve have been through so much in the originals. Hell, in the movies too. Like, we would have even seen. I mean, in New York, we would Steve. have seen a nod to something. We would have seen her, you know, kind of even maybe give a glance, look. We would have seen something in the original series, and for this to just come once again, for me, it felt like out of nowhere. And to 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 add more to it, Miranda's character is the only one who had three supporting characters because we forgot about Steve. She had three different storylines going on like, at the same time. I can't even give Steve time. a supporting character it was because it was sad. It was extremely chaotic and I was like I can't focus. Like Miranda has too much going on so first she's fumble bumbling around um, around black people now. Like Miranda was never that girl in the original series. Yeah. Miranda knew what was up. She was aware. She was self-aware. She was never fumble. You know, I, 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 oh, I'm sorry. I, I, you're, I'm not saying that you're black or your hair is, you know, having all of these little faux pas. That took me out of it. Number two, it's so crazy that, oh, now we're just going to cheat on Steve and and do all this other stuff after Steve, you all have already after been the whole cheating Steve's thing. Cheating yeah, you. like we're gonna walk on the Brooklyn. We're gonna walk on the bridge. We're gonna walk on the bridge and decide to be together. Yeah. I thought we had put a pin in that too, so that was just kind of out of nowhere. And then the other full circle moment, if you remember from episode or from the movie when Samantha moved to California and then moved back, and now we have a Miranda move to California with Che, like. We've done this already. We've, yeah. we've literally already done this. So, like, why can't why can't we come up with something a little bit more I agree. solid and sturdy? Miranda's supposed to, and that's not to say that Miranda can't go through things, but she was the smartest one out of the group. Like she, like Samantha may have had street smarts, but Miranda had fucking common sense. She knew what was up, and she wasn't about the okie doke. But I feel like, and just like that, just threw all of that out of the window. Definitely felt and made her this like that goofy, as well older white woman who can't decide what she likes at the end of the day i think you know this is something they've talked about for years and years and wanting to have back and so for those who really loved the initial series the first series 
if you can just focus on the nostalgia of it and seeing those faces back together on screen. No, because not all focus four like of them on, together. If you could focus on like the clothes and if you could focus on, Maybe. you know, as you see some of those old characters from the series kind of pop in and pop out, then you will be fine. But if you are coming to this looking for amazing storytelling, probably not. The, I'm not probably saying, not nobody's saying it's got to be amazing storytelling, but it's got to make sense. Entertaining storytelling. It's got to make sense. Okay, so some of the other care. We also have to note that Willie Garson, who played Stanford Blatch, died. Actually died. his part. Yeah, like mm-hmm. in real life. Yeah. Um, and so that was pretty crazy after they had already portrayed Big's death in like the first episode. I don't feel like they did. I feel like it wasn't that crazy the way that they like explained. They just kind of like explained it away. No, no, I'm not saying it was crazy. I'm just saying it was surreal because I didn't know Willie was dealing with cancer in real life. Oh. And so to, cause I thought he was going to be on in the series. And then mm-hmm. I guess the way they explained it off is that he, uh, him and he was just ran away divorce and he ran away with some other boy or something Which is like, like what? But it's also kind of Stanford. That was Stanford like, what? in the, the original series. He was kind of that girl. So. I, I was I was like it make it made sense to me. And then okay. the other thing I wanted to bring up is just the new characters. Let's talk about these ladies for a second. You have Sarah Ramirez as Che Diaz. You have Nicole Ari Parker as Lisa Todd Wexley, LTW. You have Sarita Chaudhuri as Seema Patel, and then you have Karen Pittman as Dr. Nia Wallace. What did you think of them? I thought they were all really strong, bold characters. Um I thought you know, it's great to see. Um, it's great to see some color on the screen when it comes well, to Sex finally. and City. That was the big thing that After was missing from the initial J-Hood. series is that there were no people of color. And so I think that this was the show's way of infusing that and making that As happen. They should have. Um, I just wish the way they went about infusing was them was different. better. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's really what yeah. it is. I think, you know, you have some compelling stories. Um, there with uh, Dr. Nia Wallace, who kind of was almost like a sub character who had like her own. She was the only character out of these four that had like their own actual story arc that kind of carried through the season out of these out of these particular characters mm-hmm. um, with her and her husband. They would have like serious, like private heart wrenching scenes um, which was which I thought was interesting. So I don't know exactly what they're planning to do with her character next season, but it's one of the uh, one of the standouts for me out of the mm-hmm. out of the new characters. So I'm going to say something, and you tell me what you think. I and I I don't I don't think this would ever happen or could happen, but you never know. It's TV. It's Hollywood. I would actually much rather watch a show focused on these four ladies rather than Carrie, Miranda, and Charlotte. Like, this would be my Sex in the City that I would watch. Like, I would watch Seema and Dr. Nia Wallace and LTW. and Together as friends or yeah, as living, or like, independently? Maybe, like, coming in and out of each other's lives at some point, but mm. each having their own solid storyline, which is kind of how Sex in the City worked, too. They just put them together as friends. I would watch a show with them. Oh, I would. Okay. I would. I think that the premise of their characters, while not fully carried out in this first season, yeah. Um, but the premise is there. I see what could be the okay. potential, especially with LTW. LTW is. Did, I, okay, please explain because I now that is one that I kind of disagree with. I felt like I didn't 
get much of no 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 what, what i'm like, saying what is, is that she I, about? I see the potential like, okay i see the potential with ltw the most because there's so many different routes you could go here i love having the aspect of like going into her and her family's lives and all of their black friends, you know, like, cause remember the episode where they invited Charlotte to their mm-hmm. dinner party. Yeah. I would love to see more shit like that. And like what she does on a daily, like what is she, we don't even, what do we know what she does for work? No, like Did they that's ever why I was explain? like, that's why I was interested. Cause like the only person I felt like that we her really got a real story was, was Dr. Wallace. Oh, with the fertility and stuff like but that. But we knew, like, we also knew her job and, like, you know, we got to see a couple oh, of other right, things pop in. because we didn't even in. know what Seema did. What did Seema do? She's a real estate agent. Oh, she was. She was. She was a broker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we got to know her job, too, then. But we didn't really get, I felt like we didn't get a lot of, like, off, like, most, like all of her scenes were with either Car- Carrie or someone else. Like, Nia was the only one that had, like, scenes out really like outside, oh, outside of, of the other cast outside of the other cast like with her and her husband yeah. well um and lisa Todd, they had a few did. but it was really connected yeah. to i mean they were at, either at an event or where everyone else was at right. like we never saw them like inside their homes interacting together as you know in a private moment okay okay that's fair that's fair so i just felt like you know out of those four Dr. Wallace was a standout for me. I don't know if I would want to see a series focused on them, but it could be a situation in which, you know, they they moved they moved forward with one of the one of these um to kind of help cuz I feel like that's what they're trying to do is replace Samantha. Uh see, and I actually don't. I actually think they're keeping that window because they think at some point in time Kim Cattrall is going to come back. I, and I, I highly, I seriously doubt Samantha. that she ever will come back. I felt like they kept teasing us um, because what I do know from the show and like from the episodes that I've seen is that they always have that four top table that they're always at. Right. And they would change they these girls in or out throughout the season. And so yeah, everybody one, had a so chance. one day it would be, you know, LTW. The next day they Seema, had, you know, SEMA. And, and so I felt Naya like they were teasing there. us with it of like, mm-hmm. well, which of these is going to get it? Um, and so that's kind of why I lead towards that, that they might be kind of looking to go deeper into one in the future. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, we'll I think I, I really, uh, if I had to lose one, I would probably say Che Diaz could go. Yeah. That's the one I was going to choose. That was the one I was least interested in. Yeah. I just, I feel, just felt like that whole storyline just didn't make sense to me. And so I was like, yeah, Che can go. I totally agree. Um, okay, so a couple of stats and then one last question and we'll wrap this up. Well, how did you feel about the? How do you feel like they handled Samantha? How do you feel about how they went about that? I thought it was very interesting that they chose not to kill her off because they could have easily done so and it made sense. I think it was just too much death. And, and again, maybe that's why. <laughs> like, I because for, they already planned to kill Carrie Big. To lose big and, and Samantha and was going to be a little much. You know, it's just like, okay, yeah. now wait, hold on. Yeah. This girl's going to go in the nut house. But I just I thought it was very interesting that they chose to leave that door open. But then it's also the way they kind of explained it doesn't really sound like Samantha at all. Like Samantha wouldn't have really cared or sweated the de- sweated the details about that. The text message. Okay, you want to drop me as your publicist? You. That's fine, girl. Go do what you got to do. Like Samantha was never that girl to be so pressed about any of this stuff, and okay. they made her out to be so pressed in this. I agree. And I was like, mm, that wasn't Samantha. Um, 
Okay, a couple of stats and then a couple of questions. Number one, they've been renewed for a second season. We yep. talked about this in another episode on HBO Max, but there's no premiere date or anything like that. Um, number two, it is HBO Max's strongest debut to date of a, an original series. So, and just like that is an original HBO Max series, and it has had the highest ratings and performed better than any other original series that's premiered on the network or the streaming service. I didn't know that many people were watching. I could, I mean, well, you have to think about how big Sex in the City right. is. Like, right. this is probably, I mean, of course, I think this is probably also one of the only HBO Max original series that has this, that has a somewhat of a following oh, coming in before Right. It. So, I mean, yeah, of I course, you. it's going to perform really well. But, yeah. I mean, that's really good, though. Yeah. Okay. Are you happy with how the season ended? Um, no, no, I'm not really happy with how the season ended. Like I said, I think because of some of the storytelling that was happening, it made it hard for me to really, yeah, it made me really hard to kind of like root for some of these women. Um, I think, you know, I'm happy for Carrie and as you like to put it, her full circle moment. I mean, that's good for her. I also, I don't, (laughs) yeah, I'm interested to see this route of, podcasting for someone who is not necessarily a tech native i'm excited know, for it. Right? i'm, I'm excited to see this story i'm excited to see that journey for her for the next season i i agree i think i am not really pleased with how the season ended um but i am going to continue watching i'll watch season two you know i think again six in the city uh was one of my favorite series you know, even though sometimes they were problematic white women sue me they were still yeah. i love the series um, but yeah, I was not very happy. I didn't like the way Miranda's storyline ended this season. Charlotte had no storyline ending for this season. Yeah. And then Carrie's was the only one that I was like, oh, okay, this is cute. And now we get a new love interest a la Aiden, like Aiden. And so it's like, okay, we're moving this along. Um, so yeah, that, that's my thought. So the, my other question, my last question I had for you, what changes would you make for season two then? I don't even know where to start with this show. I can't even, <laughs> and I and I really don't want to think about it. Um, what is the what? So what is one? I can thing tell that you they what could, they should definitely keep. Like I said, okay. I think they need to keep. As I said earlier in my statement, I think that they need to focus more so on the nostalgia of Sex and the City and infusing that and then just like that. Because that is what really what people are coming to this show for. And I think anyone who's going to be coming on and joining in for season two, that's really what they're going to be coming for. No one is coming to see, oh, I can't wait to see what happens next. I think a lot of people, lovers of the show, people who are new to the show, kind of ended on that finale is like what like what 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 is happening like what is Miranda doing right now Mm -hmm. and so I think if they focus more so on bringing some of those old stars back and infusing them in you know now into this brand new New York I think if they focus more so on the fashion moments like that's what people are really going to focus on and what they're really going to come for um I don't know where to take I don't know where to take Charlotte. I don't know where to take Miranda. I think Carrie could have, you know, a potential arc. Um, I, I The love arc for Carrie is just so up and down. And, and I feel like we've done it for so many years. Um, I mean, it Carrie is sex as, in the city. So there's got to be love. Well, well this sex is not sex in the city. This is in just like that. And so I would love to see carrie as an independent like set out like on her own without a love interest. like that could be like that could mm. be a whole thing like okay. i could i could really see that and focus that but i mean 
the whole, you know, her search for love and quest for love is, I mean, this has been over 30 years. Hmm. I definitely think that there needs to be some structural changes with the show. I think now that I think about it a little bit more, I think I may actually be on board with what you said about them bringing one of the ladies back and continuing on into more depth of their storyline. Who that lady is, I don't know if I can decide. I know it's not. I know it shouldn't be Che, but out of the other three, I don't know who I would choose. But they're definitely that, and then they need to fundamentally do away with two of the three storylines that Miranda has. Like, we, it's just too much. It's too much. Yeah. And we need to give something to Charlotte. And we've, we've got to give something to Charlotte. You know, I, we've... We, we knew she was a family woman and wanted a family and all of this, but now let's start to, since this is a different series, let's start to dive into a little bit more about Charlotte and what she's had mm -hmm. to go through. Because Charlotte went through some things in Sex in the City, too, that were, yeah, that were pretty crazy. Did. You know, she went through a whole issue of not being able to have a child, you know, all, all yep. series long, and they finally were able to give her a baby. Got married, got divorced. Married yeah, a divorce right. lawyer. Mary, yeah. You know, so, so I would love to see a little bit more into Charlotte now after I, what we already know of her. But I mean, like I said, I'm gonna watch. Yeah. Like I said, I, I roll. I think it no, I think, you know, like I said, for those who love the movie, whether you love the movies or you love the series, and just like that does have something for you. It just might not be super exciting plots. Yeah, it might not be, but who, they could. I have so let me say this, and then we can end it on end it. Um, I've seen shows have a terrible first season and come back and hit it out of the park season two. Yeah. So there's they could they may. I'm hoping they're listening to everyone's feedback. You don't have to try so hard. Like we need to make black people and Asian people and um, Latino Hispanic people just. They're just there, just be. We don't have to try so hard to make these incorporate these ladies. They're already there. Just follow them and give them a story. You know, give them something to do. It's funny you say that. Outside I want to come, come back to that in Fizz and Flat. Oh, okay, okay, uh, okay. Well, that's all I got. Well, thank you for that uh, remarkable Beep. show spotlight. Let's take a break, yes. and we will be back with our signature segment, Fizz Ooh. or Flat. We'll be right back. We're back. We are back, and it is time for Fizz or Flat. Um, I'll start. I'll okay. go ahead and start this week. Okay, what you uh, got? Well, the first thing I want to talk about, the iHeartRadio Music Awards uh, just happened. And so wanted to recap some of the performances as well as some of, as some of the winners. Uh, super iconic performance by Jennifer Lopez. Uh, I like what she had on. You like what she had on? What did you think of the concept? <sighs> <laughs> so J-Lo, and what was so cool is like, it was actually kind of like, very, it was, it was, almost, it was, it was almost reminiscent of Janet Jackson icon performance, yeah. where like all of, she had all these people like dressed in like previous looks that she had done. Well, J-Lo had did this, but she's done it with several of the drag race queens, <laughs> uh, which I thought was interesting because in season 14, we just had the Night of a Thousand J-Lo's challenge. Yeah. And so that may be some of those girls came out and, them. you know, shut it down. And so Billy Porter, Billy, Billy Porter led uh, the runway out and kind of 
started it off, but then you see Carrie Colby, you see Jessica Wilde, you see uh, Kamora Black, you see Georges, you see a lot of girls coming out, a lot of the Rue girls uh, came out in their J-Lo looks. What were your thoughts on this? I, so I missed that part of the performance. Oh, I you haven't seen it? Turn, well, I saw like pieces of it, but I kind of oh, turned Oh, you haven't away. watched it? I kind of turned away. You didn't like it? I, what was it was too gay? Don't say gay. Like what was it? Like what was I it for you? I just don't think I was just, homophobic. I just don't think I was interested. I just don't think I was interested. Like I just looked at You're like You're not down for LGBT talent getting of a course. nod Absolutely. like being Perry featured on a same thing on a national landscape. Katy Perry like, just did the same thing with all the girls from Vegas. So what so what's up? Ain't nothing up. I just You just didn't like it. It wasn't for you. Didn't really care. It wasn't for you. Wow. Is that okay? Wow. I just wow, really the care. girls are mad. The girls <laughs> Nobody are jealous. Wow. <laughs> I mean, good for them. Great Dang. for them. I was just like, okay, great. Wow, the pain that you must be in. <laughs> Keep going, boy. Anything um, else? But I thought J Lo did a really. I thought J Lo did a really great job. Uh, LL Cool J also took to the stage and rocked it out. Uh, loved his performance. I am reminded that uh well number one let me say that there was those was too many damn steps ll cool j now you knew your big ass wasn't gonna be able to get all them damn steps uh i think he got a little winded coming down the steps but once he did that he was fully on and uh loved his performance of course megan the stallion came out and did her thing um didn't Lil Nas X win Best Artist of the Year? So Lil Nas X took home quite a few awards. Good um, for him. So there were lots. I mean, there were a lot of winners who came out and did their thing. Uh, Lil Nas X was one of them. Dua Lipa also. Dua Lipa won Song of the Year for Levitating. Um, Olivia Rodrigo, of course, she's like the new it girl. She took home Female Artist of the Year. Lil Nas X took home Male Artist of the Year. Um, and Silk Sonic, Silk Sonic also won for best duo slash group. So Good that was him. also really cool. Uh, what I thought was, I don't know how I feel about these like dueling piano performances. Did you see the Charlie Puth and uh, John Legend uh, performance where they kind of mm-hmm. like sung each other's songs? Uh-uh. That was kind of cute. It was okay. kind of cute. Overall, I give the iHeartRadio Music these. Awards a fizz. I thought that there were some cute performances um, in this era of, uh, you know, award shows that are kind of dying out they're trying to keep it alive uh with some moments so shout out to iheart and i'll give this a fizz i'm gonna give this a flat but just because i don't know if i am just did you see any of the performances i did but what but you turned away (laughs) can i finish go ahead because i'm finished yeah you yeah all right go ahead me um i don't think i see it for award shows anymore like Mm. i don't watch the billboard like you know i i go back and watch selective performances but i just think i'm over award shows like whether it be the iheart music awards or the mtv music awards or the billboard awards i just don't really care you know like i care more about your aging art. out <laughs> maybe that's you're it. aging out of it maybe that's it i care more about the the individual artists and their performances like if you can give me a good on stage, great, but I don't care who won Artist of the Year or Song of the Year because, I mean, all of that stuff is not real. <laughs> we'll put it like that. Or I guess to me. It's not real to you. I'm sure, Lil, I'm sure Lil Nas X would disagree. Well, I mean, great. I'm, 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 say, I'm Okay, great. You want to say like that? Yes, I am excited and happy for him to get this. But I also understand that, you know, when it comes to like these shows, including the Grammys, 
music is preference, personal preference. You know, I mean, not everybody's gonna like it, and the people that do always, somebody always feels slighted. And again, the awards, I don't necessarily really care about. I care more. I gag more if you can give me a good performance, which Lil Nas X has done. So I mean, that's what entertains me. Wow, the pain this woman must be. In. <laughs> so I'm gonna give it a flat. All right, that's fine. Oh, you mad, man? Oh no, I'm not mad, honey. That's your that's your prerogative, Bobby Brown. Go ahead. My prerogative. Do All your right. thing. My um. So let's talk about it. Normani released a new song. Um, a I I don't want to. I guess highly anticipated song. Uh, it's called. Well, y'all been bugging. Y'all been. Yeah, it's, I would say highly anticipated because y'all been bugging her bugging to put music, music out and put, put shit out. out, and so she did. So and the, y'all don't like it, tough. So the so the song is called Fair. Um, what do you think of the song? It doesn't grab me. It does not grab me either. But y'all wanted it, so it's out. So instead, let this girl take her time. <laughs> Well, how and much put together time, some music. How much time do you Y'all, need? Oh, well, you need to come out with something. You need you. What are you doing? You need to be doing something. Your team ain't no good. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and now, okay, well, let me. Y'all, let's rush. Let's get in the studio. Let's put something out. <laughs> and y'all don't like it. Well, that's, I, life's not fair. So now, so first off, that's what's fair. Life is not fair. <laughs> she debuted the song on Jimmy Fallon with a performance. That's what I watched. So, what did you think of the performance? She looked really good. She looked really she good. She did look good. She looked great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what about the performance? I'm going to have to pass on that one. <laughs> I think I'm going to pass on that one. You tried to skirt around the question the first time. She looked great. <laughs> no, but what about her performance? Um, That's fine. I mean, Normani usually does not give a bad performance. I, prob- I could probably count on two fingers the time I've seen Normani give, like, a not so great oh, right. performance, right. but right. the song is is it's not a hit. It's it's not necessarily grabbing. This might be something that has to kind of grow on me. Certain songs grow on you, and yeah, that's and that's perfectly fine. But and this might be one of those. Let me see the video because that's exactly what happened with Wildside. I did not. The song did not hit me at, when I first mm-hmm. heard it, but once I saw the video, I loved it. What if the Jimmy Fallon is the video? I doubt it. No, she's so creative. She's not going to let that go down as the video. She probably got some hot shit, hot shit for y'all for this uh, fair video. And you will, you'll like it. Okay, so I'm going to ask a question. <laughs> and maybe, there's just, maybe this is just a new marketing strategy that I'm unaware of. But like, so we've been working on music for years now, like a couple years now. And you, you we... I, I'm th- I'm thinking of this as as if I'm a part of Normani's team. Let me yeah. call that. We've been working on music for a couple of years now, trying to get this debut album out, and so we release um, Wild Side and the video at the same time, so that we can pop, and then we wait like six months to even think about releasing another track, but we don't release the video with it, like. You've had all the time in the world to prepare. What what are we? That's why no, I'm the scared. The song hasn't been out that long. Give but I'm saying, why not? Why why didn't you release the video with the single? Because now people have got a chance to hear the song and they don't care. So how is the video going to change? Maybe that? maybe she's got a plan. Maybe she's working on the video, and it's yeah. I, I'm I don't know. asking. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just asking these questions out loud. I mean, like, do you think that that will be 
effective? Or would, would, yeah, it could be. It okay. could be. Okay. Or, or is the Jimmy Fallon Build performance the, anticipation the video? That was my other question. Mm-hmm. Is the Jimmy Fallon performance the video? I don't think it is the video. Because that released the same day as the song. No, that's not the video. What if it is? Um. Okay, if it is, but it's not. Like, a live performance, like, how how does she take that? How does she use that future? Like, that's not necessarily hers. That's Jimmy Fallon's. Like, that's going to be on that show. That's going to be a YouTube video on that show. This is not her actual, it's not her platform. Very true. Um. All right, so what are you giving this? I give it a fizz for putting it out. Put it out, girl. You are so PC. And let's see. I mean, let's I'm see what happens. I'm so sick of you. I mean, you what, so what do you want me to PC. say? I hate it. I, it didn't grab I, I me. I want you to say whatever, I'm whatever glad, you feel. I'm glad that she is keeping, she's still going. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that she's still trying to make it happen. Because a lot of girls would have said, no, or I'm scared to put it something out. I don't well, want to put it out. Well, she did say she was scared to put this out. And I, and I understandably so. When you think about mm-hmm. the last, two to three years that Normani has had, I would be frightened. I would be scared for my life to put new shit out. And <laughs> the fact that, you know, she's still trying to do it. She's still trying to make it happen. Um, I tip my hat off to her. I am going to give this a flat. However, you give the song a flat? I give the song a flat, but I, I, I again, I will continue to support Normani. I like her. I'm a fan. I like Wildside. I thought the video was hot and the song has definitely grown on me. But fair is just it ain't it for me. It's a flat. I want to I want to continue to see what her body of work includes. Um, I don't think that there's enough material. And I think that there's too many gaps in time between material to constitute any consistency and people actually fanning. out. I could see that. Yeah. You You can't release motivation and then go an entire year without releasing another song. And then release Wild Side, and then go another six to eight months before releasing another song. Like you need to be giving it to us, you know. Make us be sick of you, you know. Yeah. You need to be everywhere. Make us be sick of seeing you everywhere, but we don't see you anywhere. You know, we see you a spot here and a spot here over a twelve-month period. Where's the consistency? We you, we want the music. We want the we want the work. We Y'all want don't want to, fair. <laughs> I can't speak for everybody else. I can only speak for you. Myself. Don't want I so, do not want fair. Yeah, fair is only fair on this upcoming album of hers. But again, I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan. I've I've been a fan since Fifth Harmony. But like, I want more. Okay. I, I, it sounds selfish as a fan because it's like, oh wow, well she put her heart and soul into this. So why are you being so rude? And well, like, I'm not being rude. I'm just saying, like, I think, especially in the black community, but then also like just. A lot of people see the potential that she has. Mm-hmm. We'll put it like that. A lot of people are up on game on what she can be. I think a lot of people have fallen in love with who she is as a performer. Yeah, yeah. But so maybe not necessarily that. who she is as a recording artist. So let's see that. Because again, we just talked about this in Pam and Tommy. We need a hook. You know, you've got to hook us in first. I don't necessarily think it was a good idea to release Fair as a second single. I think it needed to be another up-tempo song. Summer is right around the corner. Give these girls something to dance to that can be played on the top 40 radio. That's what you need. You're looking for a crossover hit, right? 
another up-tempo song should have been the next single, not fair. And who's to say that it won't be? Because I've also seen artists like who's like, you know what? I just need a song I can perform live. Like, <laughs> you know, like I'll do she this one. She has one, Wild Side. Wait, wasn't she really singing on Fair on the Jimmy uh, Fallon show? I thought she was really singing. She was not really singing? I can, I don't know. I thought she was really singing. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, okay. I, I would assume so, but I don't know. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything can, else we, on this? I was going to say, do we need to move on? <laughs> yeah, I think we need to move on. You okay, don't like it. No, I, do, so. I don't. But again, because we know people will be... You know how stand culture is, girl. Yeah. Stand culture will come after Yeah, Normani, you. Normani fans, get his ass. Get him. Stand culture Right come now, after get you. him because he's talking all kind of shit. I am a Normani fan. No, you're not. I am not. a Normani fan. You're either with us or you're against us. I love us. me some wild side. I love me some motivation. Hell. Hey, I, which I, I hope I give you a deep cut, which I do. I love me some reflection. If you've not heard Reflection, Normani sings chorus on that. I was like, it's about time they okay. give, give her something to sing. So I'm a fan, but fair. Got it. Well, I say fair. All, All right. right. You got? Okay, so the last thing up for me, I want to move on to the, uh, the real, and just like that, the Real Housewives of New York. And so <laughs> there's been much discussion recently over at Bravo Girl, and what? Real Housewives of New York and everything that is happening. Um, in a interview with Variety, Andy Cohen recently revealed what the plans are for Real Housewives of New York moving forward. So for those who don't know, uh, Real Housewives of New York, which has been, which is probably one of the oldest franchises on the Bravo channel, um, had a really tough season 13. Uh, They were filming during COVID. They had a lot, they had a new cast member come on. Their very first cast member of, uh, who was African-American, Ebony K. Williams, um, and they had, it was just a lot of moving pieces. Um, as, so <laughs> the decision was that they would not do a reunion for the show because there was, uh, for that season, because there was so much that was going on. Yeah. Well, now they, uh, what we heard was that they were going to take a break and they come back and reconsider. Now, Andy Cohen has revealed what they plan to do now with the show moving forward. Ciao. Get ready for this. So what they are doing to do moving forward, and I'm just going to sum it up for you, Come is on, that girl, the plan now it is <laughs> it's to have two separate shows. So they are going to do a Real Housewives of New York um, that they will that will stay on Bravo. Okay. And with that, they're going to so which is this you know the same franchise. They're going to do a they want to do a whole brand new cast. They want to get a lot of diverse new people, young girls. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say young, but just like different people. They right. want to get. A you lot know, of new girls. They want to get brand new people. And now what they're also going to do is, while they are filming that, they are also going to do a new show, which is for right now being referred to as Real Housewives of New York Legacy or Real Housewives of New York Throwback, in which they bring some of the older cast members um, who may have left the show, bringing them back. And maybe some of the cast who was recently on season 13 as well. So... For those who watch the show, Luann, Sonia, Ramona might be going to the Legacy cast, which will be could potentially be on Bravo, could also be hmm. on Peacock. Bravo has recently done these shows, these limited um, series with 
former housewives called like Ultimate Girls Trip. So they did mm-hmm. one in, uh, I believe, Turks and Caicos, and then they have one that's happening at Bluestone Manor um, at Dorinda Medley's house, who was also on Real Housewives in New York. And so I think this is kind of going into that vein. But for me, it is a huge slap in the face As you were gonna say, for us to have these two shows because you are taking cast members who have a following, who have been on off the Real Housewives of New York, you're taking them off the franchise yeah. and filling it with girls that no cast. one knows, women who no one knows. But that's what they want, um, And it's like, well, how can we do that when in all... When all reality, I think we if we just get rid of Ramona, Ramona is the problem, uh, then you can move forward with the cast that you have. But this apparently they do these. not want to do that. And so they have now decided to do two different shows. Twitter had a lot to say about this. Um, <laughs> and what, what I found the most funny was a tweet that was like, so Bravo said separate but equal. Um, which basically is a reference to just how problematic Roni has been in the past with some of the things Ramona has said, some of the things Luann has done, um, i.e. her uh, Diana Ross uh, Halloween costume. And for me, I think this is just team too much. Once again, trying too hard. And that's what I kind of, you know, came back from your uh, Sex and City. It doesn't have to be this hard. You actually could take a cast of, you could take Sonia, you could take Luann and, you know, some of the newer cast members and create a cast that could entertain for Roni season 14, but they don't want to do that. So now we have two shows to watch and you want us to buy into these girls, but simultaneously watch the throwback episodes as well for the same problematic behavior. How does this work? How does this add up? I give this a flat. It's a flat. It's a flat. I mean, Do you have any thoughts? Do you have anything you want to share on this? No, you're essentially just clearing out the entire cast and bringing in a whole new one for the franchise because people are going to watch the franchise show. I'm sure there will be people... I don't think so. Legacy show. I mean, it's. I think people will go watch. I think people want to go. I think that everyone who watches the show is going to go and want to watch all of the watch the former housewives come back with Sonia, Luann, and yeah, I'm sure people are going to watch. Like that is that is going for them to. So you know some of the names that they're talking about bringing back. Like Jill Zarin, who is a big, big, big figure in Housewives world. This could be a really, Dorinda bringing her back. Like Cindy, like I'm just kind of like going down, like this is going to be the hot ticket. Like for them to bring back Jill Zarin and all of them, this this ticket is going to be like, this is going to be the show that people flock to because we do, we want to see what that messiness is going to be like because we know the history of these women and we've seen them have history for now over what? I mean, it's been like 15, 17 years. Um, Okay. That they've been going, you know, that these women have been going back and forth. And so I feel like that that's the hot ticket. And I don't know if we're really going to be able to establish buy-in with this whole brand new cast of women. Maybe if they are dynamic enough. But I feel like New York really runs into this difficult position of finding women who have the wealth and who have the uh, want to be on television. Uh, you usually those two don't usually go <laughs> side by side, hand in hand, and so it's a very I guess unique. We have to see. It's yeah. a very unique type that you know does well on you know on a show like Real Housewives of New York, and I don't know if 
I don't know if this was the answer. I appreciate them trying to do something, but I just don't think this is the way to go about it. Get rid of Ramona and let's keep it moving. It's a flat. Well, I I get the Andy Cohen has spoken. Okay. All right. Uh, is that it for you? Yeah, I don't have anything else. Okay. So with that, let's go ahead and end the show. Marcus, what are your final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts this, this episode. week. Uh, hmm. I don't know. You go first. I'm still thinking. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I think I'm going back to some of the discussions that we had around Pam and Tommy and just what um, or how little has changed in terms of our obsession with celebrity life and our access to them um, and just how invasive the public can be of celebrity privacy. And as then a future celebrity still. myself, I definitely uh, plan to have some head. safeguards and some things built up. But that's one thing I'm definitely talking about um, and taking away from this episode Pam and Tommy, great show. I cannot wait for uh, season two, Pam and Tommy, a Detroit love story. Have you seen that? Did you see that? I love that. So for those who don't know, there's a clip on YouTube. Go check it out. It's called Pam and Tommy, a Detroit love story. And it focuses on Pam and Tommy from Martin. Now that is a reboot that I would definitely love to see. Like give, give us some Pam and Tommy, you know, Mikel Ford, who's no longer with us, rest in peace. But, um, I thought that I was definitely that. I thought that that was a cute little uh, nod to it. So yeah, that's my final thoughts. What about you? Um, I guess my final thoughts are just. I don't even think I have any final thoughts. Okay. Like this not anything no that was really. I mean, everything was just. It was a crazy week. It was a crazy. I week. mean, just there's always something new between the conservatorships and the don't say gay. It's just be who you are. <laughs> I don't know. B U R. Jane, get his uh, get him some water. Uh turn uh water into wine. Girl, get him some water. So, get him some bread. Um I guess the the only thing, the thing I guess I would really <laughs> say is, is just that if we're if we're talking about TV, character yep. building is important. Very important. Let's remember that. Like character building on its own. Like if you build a character out, you I mean, you can't just snap a finger and throw all that shit away it <laughs> don't work just, like that yeah you can't snap a finger and just throw all that shit away you've got to at least give us an arc that's gonna get us there so i don't know whatever where can they find us <laughs> let's get out of here okay so um find us and continue the conversation on our social media you can find us at cold pop show on instagram and twitter and cold pop podcast on facebook also, head over to our YouTube. Check us out at Cold Pop Show, and you can learn more about all of the exciting content that we have up there. And more content is on the way, I promise. Yes. Also, we have a brand new TikTok channel. Please, we're really trying to give y'all some cute content. So get over to our, tic, uh, our TikTok, Cold Pop Show, and, and like and share our videos on there as well. There you go. Find me at Marcus Drew Steele at all the socials. And you can find me at Trent Rashad on Instagram and Twitter. Okay, pop stars, it's been fun, and until next time, bye.